how do you beat the 49ers? Followed up with a win over the Bills. And a few weeks later, meet in this setting once again. We gather here today to remember the 2023 installment, and we hoped it would leak into the 2024 installment of the Cincinnati Bengals, and it would it will not happen. They were killed by their leader, Joseph Burrow, out for the season, sustaining an injury against the Baltimore Ravens in a game in which he arrived and there were social media rumors that he had a, a wrist brace on his arm and, and people did not believe it, that it was on his wrist. And they said, no, Joe looks fine. He went out there. He led the Bengals to the early lead. It looked like Cincinnati was going to win the game. And then they just died. They died on us. And now it's up to Jake Browning to save the season, and it's not going to happen. Houdini, do you have any last words before we put Shovel on the ground? Uh, yes, I, I wrote a, a very small uh, but touching poem for the 2023 Bengals. Um, we had our ups. We had our downs. A few smiles and certainly a few frowns uh, when Tannehill ragged all the shit out of us. Um, it brings tears to my eyes that we no longer have a shot at the ultimate prize. Welcome to Cincinnati. This was just our luck. With Jake Browning at the helm, I think it's safe to say we are completely fucked. Thank you, 2023 Bengals. Thank you. There will be punch and refreshments in the gym, everyone. Have a great day. All right, Houdini. I mean, that is just tough stuff. I didn't watch a second of football this weekend. Lions-Bears was going on. No, I watched... Northern Kentucky take on Cincinnati. We'll get into more on Cincinnati in just a minute because Aziz Bandago is eligible. And if you're a UC fan, you know how big that is. But can Jake Browning surprise some people? I know this team's not winning a Super Bowl. Everyone knows that. And before the Burrow injury, there was no reason to think they wouldn't at least put themselves in position to potentially have a shot. Can this team at least make the playoffs or does this team stink? And does it remind you of Ryan Fitzpatrick's year when Carson Palmer got hurt? Um, I'm hoping Jake Browning can show some stuff considering, you know, we've never seen him actually play an entire game. Tough to say, um, unless you're talking preseason. Uh, but I thought he looked okay when he came in. Like I didn't, I didn't think he was just absolutely atrocious. Um, I, I'm curious. I've had people say that the Bengals should now just tank. For draft picks, I couldn't disagree more. I think we got to keep morale high. I mean, shit, Jamar Chase already looks like he's going to quit on the team because he didn't get, you know, 10 catches in a game. So I think we need to keep morale high and keep that winning culture. I know that sounds super coach talk, but what do you think about tanking versus pulling a Minnesota Vikings and, you know, trying to actually win this damn thing? Um, Who was it? Was it Herm Edwards? You play to win the game. I mean, it's as simple as that. You play to win the game. People that are saying tank, the team's five and five. Come on now. They have a shot to put themselves in position to at least sneak into a wild card, have some fun. Uh, an organization that hadn't won a playoff game in, in two decades before a couple of years ago. I mean, I don't think they're going to do it, but they still have some talent. They still have a good defense go out there. Let's kick the ball off. Let's have some fun. But we are about to find out how important Joe Burrow is. And I would imagine it's very important, but you never know. 
You know, maybe Jake goes out there and shows us something. I, I keep thinking Jake Locker instead of Jake Browning. Did they both go to Washington? Like, I, I, I don't yes. know why I'm thinking Jake Locker. They did. They did. Jake Locker. Yeah. Not talked about enough. Just retired when he was like 27 just because he was like, I just don't feel like playing. That was it. He was like a top 10 pick. Just never. Maybe he came back as Jake Browning. Maybe that's actually Jake Locker. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, Browning, I mean, or maybe we do just sign Jake Locker. He's only like 32. Let's bring him back. Is it too late to go out there and sign a quarterback that's already available? Because I'm Googling someone right now and I'm seeing if he's available. Oh, damn it. I was going to say, should we bring Carson Wentz to Cincy? But it looks like he's the Rams backup. And I mean, let's get real. Every town that's welcoming Carson Wentz, by the time he leaves, they're like, no chili for you. You're out of here, Wentz. Dude, we don't Flacco want any just more of Carson to some team. Flacco just signed to somebody's practice squad like yesterday. So the answer is there's some guy. I mean, you know, Philip Rivers would fucking he'd sprint to Cincinnati. He'd play in a heartbeat. Ah, Houdini, you're setting yourself up for something. Is it time to bring Kaepernick home? Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Hell, let's just make this whole damn the rest of the year a circus. Let's get Kaepernick out here. I know he hasn't played in eight years. Um, he's still got it, though, from all accounts on the highlight videos that he's, you know, personally running in his backyard. He looks good. Let's bring him on. Tebow? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Um. It's tough, though, man. This was a Super Bowl caliber year. We all know that. They showed flashes of being great, specifically two weeks against the 49ers on the road. They kicked the 49ers' ass, and then they equally did the same to the Bills. And it just slowly closes the wide-open window just a hair, you know. Still time to win a Super Bowl with this core, most of this core. But it was, it was, uh, it was there for the taking this year. And the fact that it goes down like that, who do we root for, man? Who do we root for? I've been on this since day one. It's the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell eating people's kneecaps. Why not? I mean, they're an NFC team. You know, it's not um, any type of rivalry with Cincinnati. I like, you know who I don't actually hate either, and they'll never win, but the Miami Dolphins. They're fun to watch. I, I like watching the Dolphins, so I, I could throw them in the mix, too. I think the Dolphins deserve some success. It's been a long time, you know. They were waiting during the Marino years. They thought they had it. They had their they had their era before everyone listening to this podcast was probably born. And if we have any, you know, boomers and up that are big fans of the chatter, you know, sneak into the comments, give us that five-star review and say, "Hey guys, I'm a boomer. Go Dolphins." But, you know, I would I would assume that most of the people listening to the show based off what the Podbean demographics say, uh, have not seen the Miami Dolphins really good at all. I mean, when's the last time they've made an AFC title game? In our lifetimes? Right around uh, the Ace Ventura franchise, I believe. Um, that's really my biggest recollection of the Miami Dolphins was uh, Einhorn and Finkel. So, yeah, I don't remember that whenever they've been good. I'm trying to think of the last time they were like, when they were doing the Wildcat. Were they relevant? Slightly? Ronnie Brown. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Williams. They had some they good teams good, with Ricky Williams. Um, I'm trying to think of like the last great quarterback that they had. Because they did the retreads forever. I want to say they they brought in Culpepper. I want to say they brought in, you know, Gus Farratt. I want They just brought in a bunch Pennington? of those, you know, one-year buffers. 
Um, so yeah, Dolphins or Lions, folks. Lions from the NFC is Cincinnati's team. Dolphins from the AFC. That is by week 13. For the next two weeks, it's still Cincinnati or bust. But I think it's safe to say that as realists and people that I, I said two shows ago, the Bengals are never going to lose again. They may lose every single game. Shit, I may have mushed the Bengals in this situation. Since I said that, think of what's gone wrong. I said that before the Texans game. I do this every time, Houdini. Take me off the air. Jesus. Yeah, we might need another co-host for this show. I mean, I can't believe they they put Burrow as questionable as far as returning to the game. They showed him on the sidelines. He picked up a football and started just screaming. And, you know, everyone at the party's like, everyone's at the party like, dude, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Like, that's clearly not, you know, a serious injury. I'm like, the dude can't fucking pick up a football at all. So it's, listen, we just got to pray that this doesn't, I mean, we paid this guy a lot of money, right? As he deserved it. But we got to figure out a way to keep this guy healthy. I just hope it's not something that we look back on like, man, if Burrow would have just stayed healthy, what a career, what a run the Bengals would have. So that that's the only thing that scares the shit out of me is this dude seems to get like any helmet near him. It's like his entire body just shatters on, on impact. So it's somewhat recency bias is Bengals fans. It wasn't that long ago. What, 15 years ago, if that, Carson Palmer, it was less than 15 years ago. Carson Palmer and company, the window was wide open. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, a lot of the media was saying, the I mean, they were never this consistent and this good. I mean, this is the best Bengals era of our lifetimes. Let's, let's not, let's not um, hype up those old teams too much. But we thought Palmer gave us a real window, and it just never really happened. I still think Joe Burrow is a lot better than Carson Palmer ever was. We're, shit, we're going to be fine. Why all the doom and gloom? We buried this year's Bengals, but this era's this era of the Bengals, we're just getting started, folks. It's Joe frickin' Burrow. It's Joe frickin' Burrow. Facts. Oh, dude, what's happening? It's a time machine. All right, Houdini, it's the time machine. What the hell was that intro? Good God, Teffer. Seriously, I know I know we relegated Woo. you to the AP and, and put Taxman Murph in position of EP, but that's the best you could do with all those sound bites I gave you. I mean, Christ, Teffer. Christ. First one of the time machine, and this is a new segment we do where we go back in time, however long it may be, Houdini and I go boots on the ground and we report on events that happened years ago with the knowledge that we have as grownups in current life. First one, the Popeye's chicken craze of 2018. I went there the other day and it was empty. What an insane moment for mankind when a chicken sandwich literally caused deaths. It caused riots. It caused three hour waits. It was Popeye's chicken was truly one of the biggest crazes in our lifetimes, and it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Your thoughts on the time machine? Hell, hell of an intro. Just beautiful, well done, uh, Teffer. Well done. That, that's going to get you on the payroll soon if you keep doing stuff like that. Um, as far as the Popeyes thing, that was absolute insanity. Funny enough, I've never had one. I never went. I, I mean, I know they had the the memes of the the poor Popeyes worker just like looking like she just put in 60 hours of work, just slumped over on the bench. Like, please, God, nobody order a goddamn Popeye's chicken sandwich. 
Um, but I've always thought Popeyes was kind of trash. I'll probably get in some trouble there. Like uh, I went there, I went there once recently. I didn't even get the sandwich. I just wanted chicken tenders with some like hot honey sauce or whatever. And these assholes just just threw me a rotisserie chicken. They just put a whole fucking chicken, not a tender at all, just a giant chicken in this bag. And I get home and I'm like, I'm never going to Popeyes again. So not a future partner of the program, but um, I never even had the damn Popeye sandwich. But everybody, even like the the boomer generation, I know um, that's name is kicked around a lot. Like my mom and dad were talking about the Popeye sandwich. It was truly viral in every aspect. So it was interesting. I'm waiting. I mean, this could be a fun game. What do you think the next viral food order is going to be? I don't think there has there ever been one like that. Is that it? I thought. You know, when it first came out, I thought it would potentially be the Burger King taco. I thought the Burger King taco Jesus. had a lot of legs. Um, that one didn't pick up steam like I thought it would. But yeah, yeah man, it was um, – and it's a good sandwich. Don't get me wrong. McDonald's tried. Some other places tried. They weren't very good. It's Chick-fil-A and it's Popeye's for me. I, I think it's 1A, 1B. Like Popeye's has a very good chicken sandwich. But the rotisserie chicken – they don't have grilled chicken, man. They probably just gave you like some chicken wings. They gave you some thighs and you, you're going to scoff at that. That's, yeah, that's the I real am. way to eat chicken tender, man. I asked for a goddamn chicken tender, like a four piece tender box. And they gave me just a whole ass chicken. Now you're right. It was not technically rotisserie, but I was trying to paint a picture for the, for the listeners because literally it was just like an entire chicken is what they gave me. I didn't want that. That's not what I was looking for. The reason sometimes I go boneless like the chicken tenders is just due to the cleanliness. I don't have to get just disgusting. I can be on my phone at the same time, watch the game, you know, feel like a real adult while I'm eating chicken tenders like I'm eight years old. But um, that's what I was looking for, and that's what I ordered. So Popeye's, they dropped the ball. I hope uh, your beloved Panda Express has the mm. next viral food sensation. Maybe they do something with the Crab Rangoon and people just go nuts and there's seven-hour waits at Panda and people are whooping each other's asses in the parking lot at Panda. Um, not going to happen, but the fact that the Popeye's thing, I mean, I guess society was on edge. It was right before COVID. It was, you know, a uh, few years after Great 2016 marketing. when Don gets in office. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. People are losing it a little. But, I mean, it was a good chicken sandwich. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, good God. It made national news. You would have thought they were selling crack cocaine through the drive-thru. There was people waiting five hours to get to the the freaking drive-thru. Um, I don't – the closest thing I could think of that fast food that did a great – uh, marketing was, I know you were talking about the Burger King taco was probably the whopper, 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 BK, but a whopper, whopper. That was going ballistic as well. That song. I don't think anyone still went to Burger King, um, but I'm assuming whoever the, the Popeye's PR team, they got big raises. They got big raises and probably moved on to, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever in, in the big leagues. But um, yeah, wild times. I, I like that one. Cause I kind of forgot that uh, people, legitimately lost all control um, over a chicken sandwich at Popeye's. And don't sleep on the sweet heat sauce at Popeye's. So those of you out there that know what I'm talking about, yeah, give me a little sweet heat, baby. Come on, Betsy, give it to me. Anyway, second one um, on the time machine. Um, remember how Minute Maid Park in Houston, which is the Houston Astros ballpark, had a hill. 
What a dumb idea. I, I mean, it was called Tows Hill, and they finally took it out in 2017. It was a 30-degree hill. I don't know what the incline is. I'm going to guess. I, I couldn't find the math. I actually tried to look this up for a few minutes. I would imagine it's like a 10% incline or 8% incline on a treadmill. And if it's a, a 3% incline because it's 30 degrees, you can call me an absolute idiot. But um, was never a geometry guy there. Was more of an algebra guy. But anyways, I mean, I want to know how many players on the opposition tore their ACLs as compared to players on the Houston Astros trying to run up that hill backwards, track down a ball. Astros were cheating before the trash cans, man. They've been cheating for years with that hill. I mean, how was that a thing? And it makes me wonder other dumb things in society that we just did. And then like 10 years later, we looked at like that was just kind of pointless. Well, I think we're, we're missing the lead on this one for the for the local listeners which we have definitely a few of them. Taylor High School, which was like the public high school that I lived by, their football field, dead serious, from about the 15-yard line, was a legitimate hill. So the end zone was a legitimate hill upwards. So you're talking about when you when you flip that coin and take one side of the field, you know, I defer this way. That is a massive game changer because when, you know, if you're down 14 nothing, you know, the you could say that's an uphill battle. It is literally an uphill battle at Taylor High School. They did get a new field, but for legitimately 20 years, their fucking end zone was like a 40-degree angle in the air. Like you could sled ride down it, and they thought that was acceptable. So, Well, I would imagine, and here's the difference between the two. I like where you're going with there. I would imagine the Taylor High School situation had something to do with funds. The Houston Astros could afford to take out that hill, renovate, do whatever they needed. I mean, frick, they got Mattress Mac throwing like $7 million on a five-game parlay. The least that he can do is donate a couple million to save some people's knees. But, I mean, it was just – it was cool. Like, looking back on it, it was like your version of the pesky pole or the green monster or whatever. It made Minute Maid Park, Minute Maid Park. But they also had a pole up there. Like right in the middle of it, there was legit just a pole. And it was just, it was really dumb. And it wasn't in an old stadium. It was just a dumb idea. And um, there are a lot of things like that. The old showers back in the day. Cincinnati Sports Mall, East Side, not the West Side one that you guys knocked off years ago. East Side, Cincinnati Sports Mall, over on Red Bank. Great place. They used to have until probably... Like middle school, let's go with like 2007 until 2007. They had like the old school locker room style showers where it was, you know, six showers in a row, no dividers, nothing. Nowadays, it's the one that the ones that lock the ones that, you know, Equinox that everyone has. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I remember. They still they, I guarantee you they still have that for all the high school locker rooms. But uh, I remember. St. X had it, except it was even worse. It was like a pole, right? And there would be like six shower heads surrounding it. So you'd be just cheek to cheek with your power forward <laughs> while trying to shower after a game. I mean, I don't know if that was like a competitive advantage. They wanted just to rattle the shit out of you when you're in their gymnasium. But that one, I, I was never a fan of that. But you wanted to act like, oh, dude, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete. Like we, we shower after the games like grown ass men. It's like, dude, this is kind of weird. Um, I'd prefer not to do this, but, uh, you got, I guess you got to do what you got to do. 
Yeah, man. It's as simple as there's a, a simple solution to fix it. It's, um, it's, it's a very easy solution to fix. You just install some shower doors and uh, give everyone their own soap dispensers, whatever it may be, well, like gyms have done nowadays. But for like 40 years, it was just the norm. They just went along with it. The one thing I was thinking, though, is there a real answer to this that I don't know of? Why the hell do bathroom stalls, why do they not go all the way to the floor and so, you know, people could see your shoes, right? Like you can kind of bend over and see the shoes. Why? Is that it? They're taking a dump, right? Because you see pants on the ground. You're like, oh, that guy had some uh, bad guacamole. <laughs> I mean, but you could just have a, you know, occupied or not occupied sliding thing. But I almost think it was corporate America that they were like, we can't have guys on the company dime just taking two hour shits. So we need to expose them so we know. I actually heard of a guy that would bring in a change of shoes to work when he had to take a shit. He would flip shoes to something else and then go back to his desk with his other pair of shoes. So nobody knew it was him. But I've never understood why a bathroom stall does not go all the way down. It makes no sense to me. That's, um, man, the hard hitting questions today on the chatter. We talked about the 30 year old stages the other day. Um, it got started with the, uh, the lawnmower guy, the people that start loving lawn care. And I have seen it more and more with my loved ones of, as I've gotten older, they just love riding on their lawnmowers. It just is tranquil and brings them to a peaceful space. I'm not that way yet. I'd rather throw down on a three game parlay, sit on my ass, yell at you through a microphone, watch some sports, go on a run, win a 5k or come top five in a 5k with Bill Stanger pacing me. And um, go out, hit the town, and explore some new things. But everyone has their stages. The guy that smokes everything. We forgot the guy that smokes everything. This is the biggest one. I want your overall thoughts on the people nowadays. And this has really climbed into my algorithm. I watch a lot of people smoking meats on every day that ends with Y, pretty much, at this point. I, uh, I should be a professional smoker. I've never smoked anything in my life. You definitely, you know, buried the lead there. It really sounded like you were talking about a, a guy that's just like a stoner. You're, you're like, a, you, we forgot about the 30-year-olds that smoke everything all the time. That's all they do. The the meat smoker is what you're referencing. Um, I, I would assume just by knowing you that you are not a meat smoker because there's no chance in hell. Like we have a couple of buddies, mutual friends that do this where they'll be like, Yep, it'll be it'll be six a.m. on like a Friday morning. They'll be like, just put in the whatever, uh, just put in the chops in the in the smoker. They'll be ready at like nine o'clock tonight. I'm like, you're, you're giving a fourteen hour smoke. When I'm hungry, it's like if it's not gonna be ready in like thirty minutes, I can't fucking do it. So I appreciate these guys. It's clearly a hobby that they like to do. Um, and they spend a long, long time doing it. And I'm sure it's great meat. You won't be catching me smoking shit, you know, maybe a cigarette if, uh, you know, after Joey Burrow takes his third season ending injury at some point, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big meat smoker. I'm going to guess that you don't smoke any meat ever. No, no. Yeah. We, uh, we said that from the get go, never smoked a thing in my life. I'm one of those guys that when I put something into the microwave, I always underestimate, first of all, I'm like, oh, I got a sandwich from yesterday. I'll throw it in for 30. It'll be good. It's still freezing. Always underestimate. And I'm always one of those guys that takes it out early. I can put in pizza mm. rolls for a minute, hit the microwave, 
and you know with four seconds left it's coming out my wife she gets pissed she's like just finish the four i don't want the beep i don't want the beep there are people sleeping come on now i don't no, want the a, beep that's a kg veteran play never let the beep happen beat the beep if you can't, if like I'm taking L's all day the sometimes. Beep, baby. I've been saying least. that for years, Houdini. I said that to my mother when she said, hey, don't take that out. I said, beat the beep. Beat <laughs> the beep, people. Beat. If you learn nothing today, driving to work, listening to the chatter, that's the name of this podcast today. Beat the damn beep. You got to beat the beep. I mean, it'll be like, I'll just have it just, I'll just get dominated. I'll, I'll take so many L's all day. And the one thing I know I could control is when I take that fucking that bacon, egg, and cheese frozen bagel out of the microwave. And I, I beat the beep every damn time. And I'm not ashamed to say it. Two guys that beat the beep. We don't do a lot of things great. We do always beat the beep. One thing we do well is the MySpace Top 5. MySpace Top 5, best things about Thanksgiving. I'll give you the floor. Number five, Houdini, go ahead. Uh, number five, we're going to go with um, football. The, the the family football event you get to see you know who's who's an athlete you know his uncle his uncle Bob full of shit if his knee didn't go out can he even throw a spiral ten yards right you get to see a lot of this stuff I like the little family football game so I'll go number five right there football I like that um, had some very competitive football games back in the day do you go tackle though or flag because a lot of families have had just countless fights over this there's always the tackle people and then there are the folks out there especially your uncle bill that's like come on now not tackle football steve's only seven years old you guys are 16 you shouldn't be tackling steve and you're like you know your dad's kind of an idiot bill's kind of an idiot steve just just play tackle football with us oh yeah i mean i i've always in all honesty, I think I realized that we're all a bunch of bitches over at my side of the family because we always did like two hand touch. And then I'm hearing stories of, you know, somebody's, yeah, Uncle Uncle Bob just leveling a 12 year old kid as, as hard as he can. So I think we were a little less physical than some of those families, but you got to appreciate, I think those typically end with somebody's, you know, 56 year old dad, like tearing something bad, like his ACL and MCL are ripped in half. He can't fry the turkey anymore. And that's when the family football game was put to a stop. So, you know, be careful out there this Thanksgiving. Okay. That's where you're eating in the, uh, the hospital's commissary. You remember that Thanksgiving for years to come. That's a remember where you were moment. You're at the commissary eating rubber chicken because uncle Steve tore his ACL with, with little Steve, uh, Steve jr. Watching after scoring three touchdowns in the, uh, the tackle football game, uncle Steve thinking he's a legend. Come on, grow up, Peter Pan, no tackle football for you. You're 55. Uh, number five, watching the lions get their ass beat. Detroit has now lost six games in a row on Thanksgiving going for seven in a row. It's a tale as old as time. You wonder why it's always the lions in that early day game. It was even stranger on the West Coast. You'd wake up at, you know, 930 after that Wednesday before Thanksgiving, where you'd like to stay out a little later than typical, and you'd wake up Thursday, and the Lions would already be down 14 points. Number five, the Lions getting their ass beat. It's a great thing about Thanksgiving, even though we're Lions fans. So, well, yeah, that's why it's Lions. five and not two. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I like that one. I like that one. Um, my number four is going to be, just it, 
at some point you know this is going to happen. Chuck, you're I guess you're out of the woods now, but it still applies. Either your grandparents will either ask, "So are you getting are you getting married anytime soon?" Or yeah, you know, and depending if they're a little bit older, they really don't give a fuck. They'll be like, "Are you are you not having sex?" Like your grandpa just like, "Are you not having sex right now?" We're looking for a grandchild. And I'm always just like, God damn it. I'm like, you know, it's yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's in the works. Like everybody relax. But that's something because I, I usually only see this side of the family once a year or so. So they'll unload usually the grandparents. Now we're even getting into uncle aunt territory. I'm sure it'll happen here um, in a few days. But yeah, when they start asking the girlfriend marriage babies question. All right, we'll go number four. Um, this is just to kind of you know, humbly throw out how decent of a human being I am. I've done it once. Uh, the Salvation Army food drive. Um, and the only reason I bring this one up, because quite frankly, this is a comedy podcast and there's not much to um, give color commentary on with the Salvation Army food drive. But one, you help people. It's a great thing. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing about Thanksgiving. That's why it belongs on this list. I hope for those of you out there, you can really join a helpful cause and uh, deliver some of those meals to people that that can't, you know, get the meals themselves. Take it to them. And um, the reason I bring this one up, I did one on Thanksgiving morning. And on my way to Oakland, California, I dropped Kylan off in San Francisco. And on the way down there, and the guy that is handing out the meals hands it to the car as Kylan gets out. And I ran over his foot. He was like, ah, ah. <laughs> everyone was looking i'm like i gotta go you okay he's ah he's you know crying just ratting in pain holding his foot and uh, i drove away and number four the salvation army food drive that was a tangent go ahead with number shout, three. shout out to that guy with a broken foot but thanks thanks for your you know your great deed and, and making me look like shit because my number three is turkey frying explosion videos um when and obviously you know everybody's safe after these okay okay yeah he's talking about doing charity i'm like just watching it's usually like a dad that thinks they know what they're doing and they just throw in a frozen ass turkey and it just it literally their entire deck that they spent four summers building just goes up in flames um even the the firefighter videos that they take way too far where they'll bring in to like a grade school have you seen those and they'll yeah. throw they'll, they'll bring a trailer in and then just make a massive explosion with a turkey in front of sixth graders and people just go nuts. But I, you know, the videos are good. So that's my number three. Signing up for the Turkey trot, ending up getting way too drunk on that Wednesday night mm. and uh, not running the race and ruining your entire Thanksgiving. Uh, that's number three for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. That was on my board. Um, number two is going to be the inevitable, um, you know, your liberal aunt that lives out in Seattle that runs like a paint shop, a nonprofit paint shop, and then your conservative uncle uh, out in Texas that had a few too many cocktails, them just going at it at some point in the night. Usually a little bit later, food just got digested. People are, tensions are high, and uh, you can kind of just sit there and watch at that point because it's honestly a good show. Number two for me, um, Black Friday celebration. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's just good stuff. You, you ever done that before, Houdini? Stayed up all night and gone to the uh, like 3 a.m. Black Friday. Everything's 55% off. It's it's wonderful. If you haven't done well, it, great tradition. My number one, didn't really know where to put this, but I I love this. When 
somebody usually I make a bet on which one of my uncles will inevitably pass out on on the couch after Thanksgiving. Who's going to do it first? And then somebody will always say it's the tryptophan or whatever, the the little drug in the turkey. So just waiting on when somebody brings up that specific little nodule that they don't think anybody knows. So I'll throw that as one, not not my best, but um, it is it does bring a little you know warmth to my heart when I hear that and I see you know Uncle Uncle Bob just absolutely zoned out on the couch and claim that he's not sleeping and he literally is snoring. Uh, you grew up a little differently than me because I have no idea what you're talking about with that turkey and the drug, whatever it may be. I'm sure a lot of the viewers do, listeners oh, do, whatever. On. We all have our skill sets. I- I've never heard of that in my life. Um, to each their own. It makes you drowsy. One for me. What? It makes you drowsy. That That's what they always say. They're like, that's why, you know, they claim that's why. It's usually the older people are like, that's why I'm so tired after I eat the, the turkey's got the tryptophan. Well, you're, you know, you're tired right after out. you eat the turkey because you had three pieces of pumpkin pie and a shovel full of mashed potatoes and gravy, Todd. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Has nothing to do with whatever the hell drug Houdini said and a few wishbones. Number one, the opportunity to be a salesman and sell the ham instead of the turkey. Wow. Good night, everybody. I mean, come on. The ham is so much better than the turkey. It's so superior. And it's like the the stuff we were talking about earlier, where we just accepted that the hill was there. And we accepted that the, uh, the, the showers had to be one way. Let's just accept the ham, that it's the superior piece of meat to the turkey. And just give it up, turkey. Give it up. I was like, well, if you throw stuffing on it and seven ounces of gravy and some cranberries on it, it's decent. It's the, I'm like, just, just grow up. Just get a maple brown maple ham. Do you imagine how many like truly like turkeys just got absolutely shafted? Like how did that become the, the billions, the amount of turkeys that have been slaughtered because we have to have a gigantic roasted turkey is it's mind blowing. And it's not, it really isn't that good, but I, at some point, I think they claimed like the pilgrims didn't eat turkey. That never was a thing. Like, I don't know where somebody came up with that. Maybe we'll fact check that. Maybe I'm completely wrong and they all they ate was turkey. Um, but yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I really don't. Ham is also dog shit, too. Sorry. Shout out Georgia Tech. Ham isn't any good either. Um, the chicken really is the only thing that's good, dude. I mean, let's be honest. I might have to go back to Popeye's this year. Aziz Bandego, Aziz Bandego, it's Chatterbox Bearcats with Chuck and Houdini. This is absolutely big time. Aziz Bandego, Aziz Bandego, how about it? First of all, I guess the big news, if you haven't heard yet and haven't seen from our title of this podcast, Aziz Bandego's playing, folks. Dave Yost, the Ohio Attorney General, came through. As soon as it went to the courtrooms or was getting ready to go to the courtrooms, the NCAA said, we found some more information. Aziz is freed and the Bearcats are a top 25 team. That is 100% factual. I don't want to get ahead of my skis, but I'm getting ahead of my skis. Aziz Bandega, who averaged a double-double last year of 11 and 10. UC saw him in the NIT. Extremely talented. Dan mm-hmm. Horde called him a pro, said he was the best alley-ooper he's ever seen. That includes Mel Levitt, Kenyon Martin, 
Dan Horde saw those guys. Uh, one of the biggest developments in a long time for Bearcats, and that is not a stretch by any means. Uh, Houdini, welcome to the show. That was the longest intro ever. I just had to get it off my chest. The question I have for you is how about our boy Ken Merritt scooping John Rothstein? Chad Brindle reported it 30 seconds after it was reported. It came to us via Merritt. I was driving. I couldn't believe it. Uh, how did you react to this news? Santa came early. Santa came early, man. And we, I didn't want to say it out loud, but if if we didn't get this kid in a uniform this year, I was terrified of the Big 12 slate. I just was going through the schedule last night. I couldn't sleep. And I was just rolling around. I couldn't get an, an ounce of rest just thinking about the big men that are going to absolutely eat us alive. Aziz is freed, okay? This is this is huge news. My winter, it's getting dark at 4.30. If the Bearcats also suck, Joe Burrow's out for the year, then this is going to be one of the worst winters of all time. That has now changed completely. But I think the biggest thing is how big of the, how fraudulent is the NCAA? New news just came out after you, you thought maybe this is going to court and you're going to get sued to a, into oblivion. All of a sudden, the new news is out. What the hell is that about? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm glad they let him on, but, like, this whole thing was bullshit. Yeah, and there's so many other players around the country. It's funny because when I, I went to Rothstein's tweet, because he's more of the national guy. Obviously, Chad was all uh, Bearcats people in his mentions, but when I clicked on Rothstein's, it was – 19 fans from 19 different schools like great now it's time for a quad battle great now it's time for z all the kentucky fans great now it's time for enter x y and z like there are a ton of players and fan bases out there that are trying to get someone freed but in this situation at this time and with the guard play that uc has in the forwards that they lacked i think this is the biggest get of them all like uc just went from i think a pretty solid team to like this team could make some noise with Victor Locken as either your backup five, your starting four, and the guards that we've seen. I think it's uh, all we need, Houdini, is a final four, and we're having Dave Yost Day and Cincy. I mean, we'll put him on the patio at ladder, throw beads up to him. We'll have him on a float at opening day, whatever it may be. But, I mean, how about it? I mean, this guy on Instagram named Dave Johnson, He's the winner of the Powerball, apparently. He just followed me on Instagram. His bio says he's given away 30K to his first 1,500 followers. I mean, between that and disease, have a day, Chucky. I'm having a great time. By the way, I didn't follow him back. Yeah. I was, no, people aren't sure if that's sarcasm or not, Chuck, based on some of your prior behavior. Um, but no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I've said some dumb things on this show. To <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. But that's one that we we said on show number two way back in the day. You don't fall for the people on the Internet. The guy didn't win the Powerball. Come on now. He did not. He did not. And thank you for allowing this uh, the, the fan base to understand that as well. Don't want anyone falling into the, the, the fraud game like the NCAA has been doing to me. But the ceiling for this team just went. So I thought we had a decent floor. We weren't going to be terrible, but the ceiling for this team now is just elevated so much. And I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a little rusty coming out. I mean, I'm sure the Georgia Tech coach had an absolute panic attack. He hadn't been planning for this guy to play all goddamn week. And all of a sudden they get, you know, a seven footer, almost a Nerlens Noel type rim protector, great rebounder, alley-oop finisher. I mean, 
he can do it all as far as what you want in a big man in today's game. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what happens on Wednesday night. Search his name on Twitter. Even if you don't have a Twitter, I'm still pretty sure you can just go on there and search his name on Twitter and watch some of the videos of this guy. A few people in our Bearcats group today were like, "What? wouldn't it be the most Cincinnati thing in the world if Aziz Bandago came out and he just stunk? It was like, is this David Narsuk? No. I mean, just watch the video. The tape does not lie. And look, I've gotten ahead of my skis many times as a Bearcats fan. Houdini will tell you about a lot of my transgressions. I'm about three for 50 in takes. Uh, the Tari Eason as a lottery pick was, if he wasn't a lottery pick, it was really close. So I'll pat myself on the back for that one. I've had some good ones over the years. But this guy, he looks really good, man. Like the, the way he can finish and block shots and move in transition with the speed this team has and the point guards. And then you heard the rapport. When we talked with C.J. Frederick and Day-Day Thomas before the season, they were talking about how much they loved playing with Bandago. They're like, I love using my speed. Day-Day, I love using my speed and lobbing it up to Aziz who throws it down. We're in for a treat. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a guard and you can penetrate, there is nothing better than having a guy like Aziz Bandago. I mean, it's such a get-out-of-jail-free card. I, have we even, what well, we had, like maybe one alley-oop so far this year? I would assume that number is going to get extensively higher. Um, kind of like the, you know, the Clint Capella, James Harden era. That's what I'm seeing right now. That's what I'm envisioning with uh, Aziz. Because if we can have Odie coming off the bench, um, and if we want to go small, we can, you know, pull in CMOS and bring Locken off the bench too. I assume Aziz, once he gets fully acclimated, he'll be the starting five no matter what. Um, it just gives us so many different angles now with, with him and hell. Now that uh, Dave Yo scared the shit out of the NCAA, maybe Jamil's going to show up next week. I don't know. And that would really, I think the city might burn down. Um, I know a couple people gotten uh, rear-ended a couple cars on their way home when they heard the Aziz news. So just make sure you stay at home for the next week or so until the Jamil Reynolds news comes out because I'm kind of thinking we got a decent chance there. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, things are looking good. Things are looking good for UC basketball. Um, so I'm excited. And, um, it's one of those, if, if they end up being really good, it's one of those, you'll remember where you were moments, uh, which is kind of pathetic that we're grown men that didn't even go to UC and it's a remember where you were moment. But at the same time, man, we, they haven't given us much to, to dream about for a long time. And this is why we fell in love with UC as players like this that they haven't had the last few years. You know, they've had smaller teams that have gotten bullied down low. They haven't had the Justin Jacksons and the Gary Clarks and the Jason Max Eels and the Hicks and the guys that, that as a 90s kid, you fell in love with these teams watching. And Aziz is, is one of those guys, like in a different way, but he is a leaper, man. You watch him, he's going to throw down some dunks this year that, that's going to wake up that student section. Those fans that are in there with the tubas, they're going to be spinning the tubas over the top of their heads. I mean, I, saying it's a remember where you were moment is absolutely hilarious. So, like, I'm going to be, like, 55 with, like, talking to my kids. Like, I remember the day I married your mother, uh, you know, the, the, the day you were born. And, of course, the day Aziz Bandago, uh, his waiver cleared. Those are the three most memorable moments of my life. But, I mean, that's where we're at right now, okay? That's where we're at. Aziz is back. Um, it's everything we needed from a defensive standpoint, offensive standpoint. Um, 
just having real Big 12 athletes. We we needed some more size and athleticism, and he brings all that to the table. Uh, I had somebody argue with me at the bar that he's too skinny. And I was like, I don't know where that – who gives a shit about that? that that's not – that's not real anymore. We we already stumped that when Durant couldn't bench press 135 one time. All right. Aziz is going to be just fine. He might get, you know, if we're playing some 6'9", 320-pound guy, he might get pushed around a little bit. But um, exactly. That's why we got Jamil. When he when Dave Yost goes, you know, right to the Supreme Court, demands it, we'll have Jamil Reynolds soon. Dave Yost. There goes my hero. Hold on. We got to do one for Houdini. I want to hear one from you, too. Don't you take out my son, Yost. Oh, you bring him back, baby. You bring him back. Well, I guess that's how we're into the chatter today. 